Amen. Thank you for joining us again on this online broadcast. Today we're trying something different. So Pastor David and I have met to discuss this subject. And isn't it amazing that the Word of God is so relevant? God's Word is still relevant today. And uh, when we set out to go through the book of Acts, what we didn't realize was that every time the Word of God will have something very specific to say into the situation at stake. And now we're in Acts 13. God's Word is very alive and has something to say into this. So, Pastor David and I, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, we're going to start the conversation and trust the Holy Spirit to bring life to this and that we will see more insight as we go along. So, we're going to go in straight. Today we'll be looking at three points. History, hurt and hardship, and healing. The text would open up to us the history of Israel. And Pastor David is going to read a verse of scripture as we go straight into the history. It sets the context for us as we relate to the issue of racism and we talk into that subject We want to trust the Holy Spirit that his word will come alive to us. And everyone watching, may this word bring hope to us and also give us a prophetic confidence to do something to make a difference in the name of Jesus. So history, God's word speaks into history, it speaks into our hurts and hardships, and it speaks into issues that bring healing. So Pastor David, if you read for us, please. So as we look at history, we're going from the text in Acts chapter 13, and I'm going to read verses 16 and verses 17 at this point in time. I'll give you a second to get there. It's going to come up on your screen so that you're aware of what it says. And it says this. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, And you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then, with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. If you read further on in the passage, we see that Paul, in his response, when he's invited to bring some word of encouragement, starts with an understanding of their history. He used their history to communicate to their present. And every people group has a history, just as we see Israel had its own history. And their history had its challenges, and it had its pain, and it had its historical moments. And we need to be conscious of that, especially in these times and in these seasons and in these situations. And it's important that we recognize, just as Paul did by addressing it, that history is not something to be ignored. Because our history informs and affects our present situation. And here in the UK, we have to be honest that our history has its negative aspects in relation to racism, to slavery, to oppression. They're real things that are part of our history. It also has its good history as well in many other ways, but the point is we need to be real 
about our history, and we need to use history as a tool in engaging in a subject. And we have to be aware within this subject, especially related to racism, that the church as a whole is not innocent. History, unfortunately, reveals that. And even the building that we meet in has its own history that is not good. I, I found this out. I was on my lunch break not that long ago. I was on my lunch break, and I decided I wanted to go and get myself a Jamaican patty from the shop across the road, and I, I wandered in, and, uh, and the lady said to me, she said, oh, where have you come from? And I said, oh, I, I work over at the International Church, and uh, I've just come to get me lunch. And she said, oh, she started to laugh. She said, I always laugh when I hear it called the International Church because before it was an Elam church, when I first came, she said, I was told that no black people were allowed. You know, we need to be mindful. This is our recent history and it's even our present history. And we need to be mindful that the church, in some respects as a whole, has been complicit in racist actions and has not always addressed the issues of racism well or rightfully. And I want to be clear, and we must be clear, this is wrong. It's neither justifiable, nor is it biblically based. But I want to say this, that we need to have awareness of history. And as we, Paul had an awareness of Israel's history, it's incumbent upon all of us to have an awareness of history in relation to this subject because it enables us to be a voice for the gospel and also to connect and have understanding of one another. And we as a people of faith, as so wonderfully expressed within this environment of all racial backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds, we need to be a hopeful that we can see change in the present and then so it will be our positive future history. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Harold as he continues on in the text. So the text shows how Israel experienced slavery, and yet the hope in all of that is that God brought them through. God brought them through. And African Americans have a history, as George Floyd situation sparked this all off. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a few days ago, and the picture I got is that, you know, as the whole world, as though on pause as a result of COVID-19, and then all of a sudden were hit with something else. In these times of reflection, the Holy Spirit wants to get our attention on some major issues of the world. He wants to speak into hurts and hardships that have come as a result. And our own history, the, the black community that are part of the United Kingdom's citizenry, citizenry and those who have come as visitors as well. Put all color shades in there from different parts of the world. Everyone has a history. But this particular history that includes slavery, we cannot avoid it. And as a result, we've experienced things that we've seen. So there are many people that are carrying hurts, and there are things that have caused hardships even up until today. 
And as the church speaks into these things, we want to trust the Holy Spirit to bring healing. So in Acts 13, 17, we see the passage tells us that those who partake in slavery and those who are subjected to it develop mindsets and experiences. And it says, the God of this nation of Israel chose ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. We want to just make pause and just say, Lord, may this be a turning point in our history. Amen. Just as you drew the people of Israel out of Egypt, may this death of George Floyd be a turning point in history that oppressed people everywhere, but especially racial oppression as a result of skin color. May that be broken in the name of Jesus. He brought them out of slavery and he brought them into a place where they began to experience his healing and his goodness. So as we continue this journey, we know that there's only one that can bring healing into this situation. But I'll let Pastor David speak a little bit into this and I will come back. Thanks, Bishop. We know that as a result of this situation and issue, that these issues have been perpetuated in our society in the subtlety of mindsets that have been shaped, enforced, and continued as a result of experience that continues to affect the present. And when we look into the world, and as you've said, and we've focused on specifically in this address with the black, within the black community, there's a lot of hurt, anger, and frustration, rightfully, at the presence of racism. And there should be amongst all communities yes, related to racism. Definitely. And especially as Christians. Mm. And it has and it does manifest itself, and we have to be honest, in institutions, as I mentioned, sadly in the church on occasions, and even in everyday subtle occurrences. And it's put the spotlight on this issue, and it's highlighted the situation and the pain that people are experiencing. And you may have experienced the very hurtful reality of racism mm. in various environments, maybe in your work, maybe in the street, mm. and in different ways. And this may not be a, my own personal experience, but I know that it's important that we address this subject, we look at it, we discuss it, and we're open to the conversation mm. in it. Because these hurts are real mm. and need to be addressed. We need to be able to listen to, to empathize with, and to talk to one another about these issues. And as a body, in a way and a way forward, to model something as a body of believers to the world around us as we are from so many nations and backgrounds. Mm. And as we do so, we do so with the message of the gospel, mm. a message that is still relevant today in every given situation and has something to say in every given situation. When we hear about the situation of the Israelites, of how they were oppressed in slavery, we also look to the cross and to Jesus and his own experience. Mm. And we point to the fact that Jesus himself 
identifies with pain, especially in this area. He was despised, it says in Isaiah 53, verse 3 and verses 7. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. And at the beginning of verse 7, it says, he was oppressed and treated harshly. Hmm. These feelings and emotions, these experiences were real to Jesus. They were part of his experience in this earthly world. And it points us to the fact that the Christian message and the message of the gospel with Jesus at the center has the capacity to speak into our current world and situation. Most definitely. He knows what it's like to be insulted, degraded with words and with actions, to be oppressed by others lording it over them with power. And it's this Jesus that can identify with us if we've experienced pain, hurt, and suffering in various ways. And he longs to enter into that, mm. Mm. to speak into that, mm. to bring himself and his life-giving healing into that. Mm. Not ignoring what it is, but coming into what it is. Mm. And we need to respond to it. And I'm going to pass over to Pastor Harold as he continues as we think about part of our response. So as we discuss this subject, it's very important, very sensitive, and yet we have something to say into it. So since the media started to push out all this information, done some of my own research, I've had the opportunity of speaking to other leaders. And some of you might have seen that we put out a press release, a joint statement with other Christian leaders. And our response is that we're not going to be quiet. We are blessed in IIC to have a family. I mean, Pastor David and I chose to do this deliberately together because of the relationship we have and also the statement we're making that we're in this together. We're a family. And we're blessed in IIC that skin color does not affect the way we relate to each other. And we're blessed with have people from Asia, from other parts of Europe, from, from further afield and different countries, ethnic ethnicities. So we have a response to make to this. I've had a, an interview with Pastor Simon. I think they, they put it on their website and we will get the link. So you can also watch it as we have these conversations and bring some answers as well. And to my fellow brothers that are dark-skinned like me, wherever you are, I pray that as we respond, we will respond with our hearts open. We will not be afraid to speak out, but we will respond gracefully as we allow the Holy Spirit to bring his healing as we go into that a little bit later. Micah 6, 8, 6 to 8, that has been read for us already by Gavin and Eileen. There are three things he talks about. Act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. One of the things the Holy Spirit has been putting on my heart is 
this thing that has happened, it shows something deeper. And I'm just going to read something that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. He says, or what he, came, what he said to me was, what happened on the 25th of May was a wake-up call to the injustice and the wickedness that is in the heart of man. And that we would see that no amount of materialism can resolve this issue of the heart of man. And so, when we are hit with something like this, it's meant to stir in us a holy anger for God's justice to prevail. And the Lord wants our response, first and foremost, to be, Lord, I bring my own heart to you. That anything in my heart, Holy Spirit, deal with me first. And in the church, our response should be, Lord, we repent of any, historically, and in any way that you have looked at your brother or your sister that is different to you, has a different accent or anything. Because it's time for the God of justice to reveal himself and to reveal his love to us, for all mankind. And so I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. This is going to, real, it's going to be a time where people are really going to be drawn to the Lord with our hearts broken before him in genuine repentance and asking him to do something that we've never yet seen, maybe even the whole earth. That as people protest, it's because the heart of God is arising in them and they desire to act justly. You can only do that when you do it God's way. That we would love mercy because in the cross, justice and mercy come together. And that we will walk humbly before him, knowing that all of us need his help. This is going to need brothers and sisters meeting in the middle, responding to reconcile, responding and say, I've been hurt. I've been despised. I was denied promotion. I was spoken at this way. I was called that. You know, even from primary school, people experience these things. And in our wider community, in our institutions, but the church is responding. Let's be prayerful that the Lord will give us wisdom, sensitivity, but boldness and courage that we would have something to say and bring healing into this divide. Mm. So may the church arise, act with God's justice, speak with a righteous anger that this is wrong. And then embrace his mercy. Without his mercy, we can't go yeah. any far. We can't go far. And then walk humbly before our God. What is this going to look like? Hmm. It takes us to the subject of healing. Healing is going to be a process as we work this through with the, whole, with the Lord's help. Okay, Pastor Dave, you want to? Thank you. You know, the message of the gospel is that it brings healing. And it continues to do so to individuals, to households, and to communities. And we believe firmly in the gospel. Definitely. In this situation. Mm. And the power of the gospel. Yes, Lord. And the message mm. of the gospel. Mm. In verses 38 and 39, we'll just read together from the text. Mm. It says, Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Amen. Everyone who believes in him yes. is made right 
in God's sight. Something the law of Moses could never do. Our experience as Christians and as believers is this. We have experienced the wonder of forgiveness of our sins through Jesus. The gospel reminds us, doesn't it, as all of us who are believers of our own sinfulness, all have fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. And we've experienced both in our lives to give forgiveness and to receive forgiveness. And in this situation specifically, as a white British male, we have to exercise a level of repentance that is necessary in this situation. But it's through forgiveness and the power of the principle of forgiveness that we see in this text that Christ was able to bring healing and restoration in our relationship with God and with one another. You see, for forgiveness to be real as we recognize in this passage, Jesus forgave us of our sins, but it required our repentance. Repentance means that there's a change in the way that we think, a change in our direction, and a change in how we live our lives. And this is relevant to the situation and issue that we're discussing of racism in this situation. And as Christians, we have a responsibility to stand up, as has been said, rightfully to challenge systems and things of injustice. And as Pastor Harold said, forgiveness takes time. It's a journey. It's a process that we'll walk through. And if we want to see healing and true and real healing, forgiveness will need to be there. And we need to be reliant on the Holy Spirit as we respond to the vastness of this situation. And we'll have to take those times, as I've mentioned, we'll have to acknowledge realities of both history and present to bring forward repentance that we might see forgiveness and change. Because we know forgiveness brings healing. Hmm. But forgiveness, may I say, is not a justification, as I've made clear. It's not a justification for wrong behavior or for continued wrong behavior. We need to be aware of that. Mm. But forgiveness requires and acknowledges and takes responsibility in the midst Mm. of situations, in the midst of society, in the midst of structures in society, in the midst of experiences that people have had but in the midst of that as well forgiveness is a choice forgiveness however we may dress it up requires a choice of the will Mm. for there to be some form of transformation Amen forgiveness if we follow it properly and thoroughly can bring healing and freedom. And we as Christians with the message of the gospel know that we have a message that can bring healing and freedom. The message of Jesus is a message of healing and freedom to us. Mm. And we need to be conscious of it 
You know, the law, as we see, the law couldn't bring that about. Mm. It came through Christ. And in this situation, we need to change, see changes in institutions and in situations that is needed to be changed even in our legal system. Definitely. But fundamentally, to see lasting change, we have to see change in human hearts. And as Pastor Harold said, we have to look into our own hearts. All of us have prejudices that need to be addressed. And it's heart changes that will bring about changes in our community. And we as IIC are in a position to model something, mm. to say something, to speak into this situation. Mm. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Harold as we yes. so reconciliation. I had the opportunity to be on radio this morning. I was interviewed briefly by BBC Radio Suffolk on this subject based on the joint statement we put out. And... One of the questions that I was asked was, so how long is it going to take for this healing process? And I answered it this way. I didn't quite get to finish and the time was up. So if you get a chance, you can go and listen to it. But there are seven mountains or seven agents that influence cultural change. And we know that this is a spiritual issue but it manifests itself through human behavior, culturally, through attitudes that have come to become accepted. Some of us have accepted things as normal. We've been discussing it very much at home and our children, very actively involved in, 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 in wanting their voice to be heard, feeling free that it's important that we should be able to talk about this, that we would have a prophetic voice into this, we know that the cross brings reconciliation. Because through the cross, God has reconciled man to himself. Reconciled God with man. Reconciled us with one another. Reconciled reconciliation in our society. As we journey along as a, as a, as a prophetic people, these seven things, like I've said, there's family, to how we raise our children, we speak truth that we're all created equal in God's eyes. Raise your children up. Speak truth to them. Let's change the narrative by speaking truth. Families influence the, the prevailing culture. Then there's some call it religion, but we know that the church expresses ourselves. We will fit into that description. Some say spirituality. And through the church, unfortunately, even some wrongs have been justified. Did you know that even slavery was justified by some people using the Bible? Mm. Can you imagine that? That's, yeah. how, that's how warped our, our thinking can be. And that we can, we can use the Bible to justify what is wrong. The way people were treated, less, less than human, less than animals actually. That's out of order. Mm. So you've got family, you've got spirituality or the church, religion as a whole affects society, brings cultural change. And we have something to say into this. Then the third one is business, economics, finance. And you would know that the systems of this world have been designed to keep some people poor. Yeah. <laughs> Lord have mercy. 
Seriously. I mean, it's like sometimes you wonder, how on earth is it that it's like this? But there are some that are so wicked, they would, they would, they would want, every, they would, they will create a situation that some people will always be poor, but may the Lord give us eyes to see. May the church arise and begin to speak into, may Christian business people arise and make a change, and may we influence where the decisions are being made. This is the time for change in all nations. May people, and money is important, and we need to be where the money is being, is how it's being distributed so we can yeah. bring justice into that situation. If you're poor, sometimes you don't have a voice, but the Lord is changing things. So you've got family, you've got um, spirituality or religion, where the church fits in, and you've got business. Another area, David, that is very key, is media, mm. the media. The media is a major tool of communicating. And if we're going to see change, the stories that come out of the media must be different. And sometimes the, the media distorts things and almost makes one group of people look like they are always backward. That must change. We must be speaking into that and say that must change. Sometimes the picture that is given of a certain people group is always negative or often negative. But that has to change. The media has a major plate. Um, part to play in this. Then there's education. Education, yeah, thanks. Education. You know, Sister Sharon was telling me that when she was being trained as a teacher, one of her, um, the, the psychology of education, one of the things mentioned there was that the brain of a black person, she was quoting one of, one of the, the, the philosophers, uh, I think, I've forgotten the guy's name, but he said that the black person's brain is smaller than a white person. That's how they were training the teachers. Can hmm. you imagine? If you are trained like this, you already have a bias before you hmm. start. That's untrue. Although others have proved that that is not the case. Okay? Hmm. And it often is environment and other things. But beloved, we've got to challenge these things. That's not true. And subconsciously, what happens is that in a subconscious way, people, people even don't realize it's there. You see? And so subconsciously, there'll be those who think they are above others or those who think they are below others. And equally, that's wrong. Okay? And one of the things that colonialism, one of the, the negative aspects of it, and, and can I say those who went to other, um, so let's go with Britain. Okay? There were good things that came out of it. The gospel was preached. But on the back of that, not everything that was said was right. Mm. And somehow, some untruths were spoken. Yeah. And seeds were sown that has kept some people thinking that they are inferior to others. This has to change. But this is where we bring truth. We yeah. bring God's truth into the equation. So education, we've got to rewrite some of our books or people need to re-educate themselves, re-educate ourselves about history, re-educate ourselves about some untruths and speak truth into those things so that we can have some, the Lord can speak it. And then there's, there's the arts, sports, the entertainment industry, they, they influence culture massively. And may the Lord help us in these areas. So these are seven big areas. But the Lord is calling us to reconcile with him, reconcile with one another, and then reconcile, bring reconciliation in our society. That, that there will be change in our legal system. We're going to believe God for that. And he won't come overnight. But believe us and may society arise and do something. Let's not be silent. Let's make a difference. This is a prophetic time to act. And the Lord is calling us all to participate 
and this conversation. Hmm. May the grace of God help us as we continue this conversation and let's not be afraid to break the silence. Let's speak with God's love. Let's speak truth to this matter and let's trust him to bring healing to our hearts as we journey along. Thank you, David, for being willing for us to, to do it this way and oh, have this great. conversation. And uh, we trust you as you trust God as you're listening. You're also thinking it through ways that you can communicate with your neighbor, your friend. And uh, let's, let's not be afraid. Let's break the silence. And, and as, we, as we know as the message of the gospel, mm. we know in the end, mm. fundamentally, when we get to heaven, we know this. Amen. That every tribe Come and on. every tongue Come on, will be present. Definitely. And this is the message of the gospel. This is the heart of the Father. Yes. And we know that we can rely, as it says in verse 43 in Acts 13, just sneaking into next week's uh, text, where it says, Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them. And this is our urging together mm. to continue to rely on the grace of God. Mm. The world around is waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God mm. and this is an example where the church together mm. together together we together bring change come on for the kingdom's sake yes and for the glory of God amen I don't like black and white because none of us are really black or really white and all the shades but you know what it means and all the shades in between I agree together we will bring change let's pray let's pray let's pray Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Wherever you are, just join us in prayer. Father, we thank you. As we journey along, we thank you for our multicolored family that you love and you've called together to be a family that can serve you and model what it means to have the love of Christ. Lord, we pray, we come to you. Forgive us if in any way any of us have grieved you by having any attitude towards any kind of people. Forgive us. And open our eyes afresh to see things from your perspective. Mm. And help us to be able to speak prophetically into this. Not be afraid, not be ashamed to be able to address these issues. And we're trusting you, Lord, that this is a turning point. That your justice is speaking mm. into the earth. Yeah. That racism will be defeated mm. by the power of the blood and the cross in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.